In the worlds before Monkey, primal chaos reigned. Heaven sought order, but the phoenix can only fly when its feathers are grown. The four worlds formed again and yet again, as endless eons wheeled and passed. Time and the pure essences of heaven, the moisture of earth, and the powers of the sun and the moon all worked upon a certain rock, till at last it became magically pregnant and one day split open, giving birth to a stone egg, about as big as a playing ball. That first egg was named Thought. Elemental forces caused the egg to hatch, and from it then came a stone monkey, complete with every organ and limb. At once this monkey learned to climb and run, but its first act was to make a bow towards each of the four quarters. As it did so, a steely light darted from this monkey's eyes and flashed as far as the palace of the Pole Star. This shaft of light astonished the Jade Emperor as he sat in the cloud palace of the Golden Gates in the treasure hall of the Holy Mists, surrounded by his fairy ministers. Seeing this strange light flashing, he ordered 1,000 league eye and down the wind ears to open the gate of the southern heaven and look out. At his bidding, these two captains went to the gate and looked so sharply and listened so well that presently they were able to report this steely light comes from the borders of the small country Aulai that lies to the east of the holy continent from the mountain of flowers and fruit. On this mountain is a magic rock which gave birth to an egg. This egg changed into a stone monkey and when he had made his bow to the four quarters a steely light flashed from his eyes with a beam that reached the palace of the pole star. But now he is taking a drink and the light is growing dim. The Jade Emperor condescended to take an indulgent view. These creatures in the world below, he said, were compounded of the essence of heaven and earth, and nothing that goes on there should surprise us. After all, the nature of monkey was irrepressible. Welcome to Snow Country Stories Japan. I'm your host, Peter Carnell, a freelance tour guide and writer based in Nagano, and this is a podcast all about life and travel in Japan's legendary Yukiguni. This episode is the second of my travel guides to popular and rewarding destinations in the snow country, everything you need to know to plan your visit to the Jigokudani Snow Monkey Park of Nagano. The introduction you've just listened to was a blending of the opening text of the Chinese classic Journey to the West, written by Wu Cheng'en in the 16th century, and the opening monologue of the Japanese television show Monkey, produced from 1978 to 1980, based on that much older book. I was a kid in the 80s, and that show was really my first introduction to both Japan and China. Actually, I remember being very confused at the time as to which country it came from. And while there is no direct link between the book and the show and the monkey park, the monkey, in this case the stone monkey or monkey king, was one of the first things that I connected with Japan thanks to the show, a show that I later figured out was based on a Chinese story. 
names and places such as the Jade Emperor and Cloud Palace of the Golden Gates were the seductive hooks that ensnared me on the story I enjoyed at first through the show and then the book. It's a tremendous book that I actually recommend reading. And if you're listening to this thinking, what are you talking about? I've never heard of this show. Check out the episode page on the Snow Country Stories Japan website for videos. The monkey is, of course, one of the 12 animals of the Chinese zodiac. And following the introduction of Buddhism to Japan, the monkey was worshipped by different sects, a practice that peaked during the Edo period, with some scholars claiming the famous three monkey motif of speak no evil, hear no evil, see no evil originates in Japan, but this is contentious. While none of this might seem directly relevant to the monkey park we will discuss today, the cultural context of monkeys in Japan is important. While the very popular TV show and Chinese book it is based on serves as a reminder that Japanese culture, like all cultures, borrows, blends and steals elements from others, a point I often like to discuss on my tours. When we approach the park recognizing the totemic role that monkeys have long served in Japan, and as we will discuss, the origin story of the monkey park itself is in fact one of environmental degradation, which speaks to the need of greater protection for both the environment and wildlife in Japan, we just might find it a more rewarding experience. After all, as you heard, the nature of monkey is in the end irrepressible. This travel guide provides everything you need to know when planning your visit to the park, including my thoughts on its positives and negatives. Based in Nagano, I've guided to the park many times. If you're interested in my tours, make sure to listen onto the end of the episode when I provide information about my services, or visit the tour section of the podcast website, www.snowcountrystories.com. Should you wish to go there by yourself, this guide also has everything you need to know to do just that and how to get the most out of your visit. I hope it's of interest and I hope you enjoy. Jigokudani Yain Koen, more commonly referred to as the Snow Monkey Park, is located in Yamanochi, Nagano, and ranks as one of the most popular destinations for international visitors in the snow country. Open all year round, the park attracts visitors from all over the world, most of whom come in winter to see the famous hot spring-loving monkeys going about their lives in the snow. The monkeys are, however, there all year round, and as I'll come to a little later, I think visiting the park outside of winter is actually a more rewarding travel experience. But let's come back to that and start with just why the monkeys are there and why they are so famous. Known as Nihonzaru in Japanese, literally translating to the creatively named Japanese monkey, the monkeys at the park are Japanese macaques, a species that is found across Honshu, that's Japan's main island, along with Shikoku and Kyushu. To the best of my understanding, they are not found in the wild in Hokkaido. Japanese macaques are the northernmost living non-human primates in the world and are best known for living among the snow and cold of central and northern Honshu, yet they are just as comfortable living in the south of Honshu and on Shikoku and Kyushu in temperate and subtropical climates. They are highly adaptable, highly intelligent and highly social animals who display many interesting yet variable traits across troops, including a love for bathing in hot springs. The troop of monkeys that inhabits the Jigokudani Monkey Park is again, to the best of my knowledge, the only troop of monkeys in the world observed to naturally engage in the behaviour of soaking in hot springs. 
It's also my understanding that monkeys at some other locations have been trained to do it. However, the monkeys we're talking about today, the single troop that lays claim to the park, is the only one in the world to have developed that behavior all by themselves. To explain just how that happened, let's travel back in time a little. The story of the monkeys is linked to that of Japan's largest ski resort, Shigakogen, which lies in the mountains above the monkey park. Shigakogen went through a period of expansion during the 1950s, 60s and 70s, developments that impacted on the monkeys' natural habitat. It is said that as a result of that development, troops of monkeys moved out of the mountains into the valley below and into villages and places of human habituation. Raiding the local agricultural fields, the monkeys were quickly considered pests and a solution needed to be found to avoid further conflict. Enter onto the scene a man by the name of Sogohara. Sogohara led the movement to create what would become the monkey park as a protected enclave for the monkeys. An avid hiker, he knew of a valley in the foothills of the national park that he felt would be well suited as it was, at that time, at distance from the nearest villages and relatively secluded. Known as Jigokudani, or Hell's Valley, due to the smell of sulphur and hot spring sources in the area, it was chosen as the site of the monkey park, which opened to the public in 1964. The true story of the monkey park is therefore one of environmental degradation and the impact of human action on wildlife. The monkeys that are there today have direct lineage to the monkeys that were first led to the park around 60 years ago. Now, once in the park, a curious thing occurred. As mentioned, the valley in which the park sits, Jigugudani, is known for its sulfuric smell and bubbling hot springs. Known as onsen in Japanese, natural hot springs are abundant in this part of Nagano, and just outside the park is a very old hot spring guest house called Korokukan. Like many onsen guest houses, Korokukan has both indoor and outdoor pools. And it is in their outdoor pool that the monkeys observe humans enjoying the hot springs. There are various accounts to just how it came to happen. Some people say a monkey copied us and just got in. While others tell that a young monkey was reaching for food floating in the hot spring, typically told as an apple toppled in and upon doing so, liked it. Either way, the monkeys started getting in, copying and teaching the behaviour to each other, and with that, this one troop of monkeys had taken on a truly curious and unique behaviour. Word got out and people started coming to the park to observe it for themselves, and in 1971, Life magazine carried a photo of a hot spring bathing monkey on their cover, bringing it global recognition. The rest, as they say, is history. And with the monkeys having been featured in numerous documentaries and television programs, they have long been attracting visitors from all over Japan and all over the world. The Jigokudani Monkey Park is located and accessed via the hot spring village of Kambayashi Onsen along a well-maintained forest trail. The park is open every day of the year and you can expect the monkeys to be there almost always. There are no scheduled days when the park is closed. The only likely reason it might close would be a day of particularly heavy snow in winter or weather events such as a typhoon. But basically, it's open every day. Operating hours vary depending on the season. From November to March, it is open from 9 till 4. And from April through October, it is open from 8.30 till 5. Entry costs 800 yen per adult. That's 18 years and over. 400 yen for visitors aged 16 to 17, while entry is free for visitors aged 5 and under. 
The park is visited by a troop of around 150 Japanese macaques. Though habituated to humans, the monkeys are wild and come and go as they please, leaving the park in the late afternoon or evening each day and typically returning the next morning. There is no fencing or barriers keeping them in the park and they come and go as they please with their natural territorial behaviour, ensuring they frequent the park almost every day. The lack of barriers makes the experience quite unique, a rare chance to observe what are ostensibly wild animals in close proximity. Indeed, the monkeys are so comfortable with people, they will happily stroll next to you or run between your legs. Thankfully, due to the rules that park staff impose, including not touching or feeding the monkeys, they are not aggressive and will not bother you as long as you follow those rules. To access the park from Kambayashi Onsen, you need to walk along a 1.6km or 1 mile forest trail. There is also a second access trail over the river, which is accessed via a road from nearby Shibu Onsen, but most visitors use the trail from Kambayashi. The trail is well maintained and level, other than an incline at the beginning and a steep staircase at the end, just before you enter the park. In spring, summer and autumn, the trail takes around 20 to 25 minutes to walk. In winter, expect the trail to be affected by snow and ice and busy. If there's fresh snow on the trail, it's a really pleasant walk and will take a little longer, around 30 minutes. But if it hasn't snowed for a few days, and with thousands of people trampling along the trail each day in winter, it can be extremely slippery to the point of being potentially dangerous and will take longer, around 40 minutes in both directions. If you're not confident walking on snow and ice, you really should consider taking crampons or buying them at the park. I can't stress this strongly enough. In winter, the trail and the road leading to it can be very slippery. So don't take chances, wear crampons. I always do. The park itself is small, comprised of a visitor centre where you purchase your entry ticket, which then provides access to footpaths that lead around the park, one to the Monkey Hot Spring and another down to the river. Looking above the park, the landscape is steep, with heavy forest or rocky outcrops, and higher areas of the national park also visible. When the whole troop is there, the monkeys spread themselves all around the park and valley. You'll spot them all over, including on the footpaths, by the river, in the trees, on the rocky outcrops, and of course, in the onsen. The central focus of the park is that onsen, a hot spring purposely built for them to attract them away from the guest house outside the park. Like most onsen in Japan, the physical bath is man-made, but the water is naturally hot with the source located in the park and the water fed into the pool and then through pipes along the river and through the forest down to the hot spring guest houses in the village. Whether the monkeys are in the onsen on a specific day is impossible to predict, but the behaviour is much more likely in the cool autumn months, followed by the snow and cold of winter. Basically, mid-October to mid-March, there's a high chance that there'll be at least some monkeys having a soak. They are much less likely to pop into the water in spring or summer, that's late March to September, other than the wet season, I'll come back to that. However, it doesn't matter the time of year, if it's a rainy or overcast day, there's a good chance some will be in there. As mentioned a couple of times already, the monkeys are there all year round, but of course, being commonly referred to as snow monkeys means most visitors want to see them in the snow. So when does this happen? Located somewhere between 700 to 850 metres above sea level, that's around 2,460 to 2,780 feet, in the foothills of Joshinetsu Koga National Park, the park and surrounding area experiences consistently heavy snow in winter, with regular falls likely from mid-December until mid-March. 
Snow can come as early as November and as late as April, but if you want to visit when there's the best chance of heavy snow, January and February is when the park is likely to be nice and white. As the majority of visitors head to the Monkey Park in winter, it's my opinion that it's often over-touristed. Large tour groups and a large number of independent travellers head to the park each day, making the forest trail crowded and once in the park it can be very crowded, especially around the hot spring. If you have an image of walking to a secluded hot spring and watching the monkeys bathe in the falling snow with no one else around, forget that. It might have once been like that, but no longer. On the busiest winter days, the crowds are too big and will really affect your experience. Also, if you head there on a day of fresh or heavy snow, it can be quite spectacular, but remember, obviously, it will also be cold with temperatures potentially well below zero Celsius, or that's under 32 Fahrenheit. If it hasn't snowed for a while or the temperature has warmed and the snow melts during the day and refreezes overnight, expect a lot of ice, something else that can really affect your experience. So it's important to set your expectations, especially in winter, to avoid being disappointed. When visiting in winter, I recommend going first thing in the morning before the large tour groups arrive. They often get there from around 10.30 onward. Try to get into the park early and be walking out as those tours arrive. For anyone booking with a group tour, it's a good idea to ask the tour operator how many guests will be on the tour, as many will be on a large coach with 40 or more passengers herding you in and out of the park. Another thing that can really affect your experience. The Christmas and New Year period, along with Chinese New Year, are peak times at the park. It's my opinion that the park is best enjoyed outside of winter when the visitor numbers are significantly lower, the monkeys are more active, and it's not so bloody cold or iced up. It's worth repeating that the monkeys come to the park all year round, and they are there in spring, summer, and autumn. Spring is particularly a good time of year to visit, as you might get the last of the mountain cherry blossoms in late April, just as the monkeys are starting to have their babies. Babies are born from late April to early June, and after disappearing from the park for a week or so to give birth, upon their return, the mothers are usually very relaxed, allowing you to get quite close to the newborns. But not too close, please follow the rules. I think another good time to visit is mid-June to mid-July, which is typically Japan's wet or rainy season. This is when international tourism to Japan is at its lowest, and visitor numbers to the park, especially midweek, are likely to be very low indeed. But it's a great time of year to go as the mist and rain really enhance the forest and mountainous character of the valley and the rain tends to encourage the monkeys to get in the onsen. It's something that I tell all my tour guests that the monkeys is one experience that is actually made better by rain. The monkeys are also much more active during the warming to hot months of spring and summer. Visitor numbers during the week are very low through summer while the park and surrounding forest is lush and verdant. So don't hesitate to go in summer but much less likely you'll see them in the hot spring. That takes us to autumn. I think in general, October and November are the best months to visit Japan. The autumn leaves are beautiful, the weather is fantastic, food is freshly harvested, and the first dustings of snow are on the mountains. Autumn is, however, the time of year that the monkey's typically reliable behaviour becomes unreliable, and there are days when few monkeys come, or possibly none at all. There are reasons for this. Firstly, it's mating season, so they have other things on their minds. Secondly, there's a lot of tasty food, wild fruit, nuts and berries available in the mountains, and in preparation for the harsh winter months, they might choose to stay in the forest and feed. They still come to the park on most days in October and November, 
and it's worth noting that it's possible they can choose not to come on any day of the year, autumn, winter, spring or summer, but it's most likely in autumn and something to be aware of when planning your visits. And for that reason, no matter when you're visiting, I always recommend planning a visit or booking a tour that combines your visit to the park with something else. Known as onsen in Japanese, natural hot springs are found throughout the country, a reminder of Japan's rather precarious position on the Pacific Ring of Fire and its many brooding volcanoes. No one knows how many onsen are here, but the estimates typically range between 20,000 to 30,000 or more. To qualify as an onsen, the water must be naturally occurring at at least 25 degrees Celsius, that's 75 Fahrenheit. Most are much, much hotter contain certain prescribed minerals such as sulfur, magnesium or iron, to name a few, and originate from a depth of at least 1.5 kilometres, that's around one mile, or lower. Interestingly, not all onsen are volcanic hot springs, with non-volcanic hot springs including deep groundwater or trapped fossilised seawater also existing. Onsen plays a hugely important role in Japanese culture and has for a very long time, with many famous hot spring towns dating back well over a thousand years. As mentioned, the Monkey Park is located in the hot spring village of Kambayashi Onsen. The area is also home to two other larger hot spring towns, Shibu Onsen and Yudanaka Onsen. If you choose to travel to the park by train, you'll get as far as Yudanaka Station, from where you need to take a local bus to Kambayashi Onsen, where the park is. Between those two points, you'll pass the historic hot spring town of Shibu Onsen, and of the three towns, Shibu Onsen is notable for its history, charm and range of accommodation, including plenty of good onsen guesthouses. Its history stretches back around 1300 years, since which time it has been renowned for the medicinal properties of its hot springs. The town has numerous hot spring sources that feed the bars of its many guesthouses and nine public onsen. Though referred to as public, all but one can only be used by guests staying at a guesthouse in Shibu and local residents. The largest of the nine bars can be used by anyone. When staying at any guest house, you will be given a key that opens the bathhouses, with the circuit of completing all nine being something of a challenge said to bring good fortune and guarantee your longevity. That's long life and good luck guaranteed. You might also consider staying in Yudanaka Onsen or Kambayashi Onsen, both of which have some excellent guest houses, but I don't think have the charm or variety of Shibu. Shibu Onsen retains many Showa period buildings and the haphazard nature of its narrow alleyways and pipes channeling hot water to guest houses overlays the historic charm with an almost steampunk Ghibli-esque character. Anime and specifically Studio Ghibli fans should also note that Shibu's most renowned ryokan, Kanaguya, dates back to the Edo period and lays claim to being the inspiration of the spirit bathhouse in the Academy Award-winning Spirited Away. Important to say that they aren't the only hot spring hotel in Japan that makes that claim, and the studio neither denies or confirms it. However, should you choose to stay there, you'll certainly see why they do make that claim. The multi-story Timber Hotel has multiple onsen sources feeding eight bars, each different from the others, with a labyrinth of wooden corridors leading between them and guest rooms, none of which are the same shape or design. It's a magical place that comes at a price, but just one of the charms of Shibu Onsen. 
There are restaurants and some bars dotted through the town. Don't expect too much nightlife, but there are some fun places hidden away in the alleyways, with Shigakogen Brewery a five-minute walk up the hill just outside of Shibu. If you haven't already, make sure to go back and listen to Episode 6, Shigakogen Brewery and the Artistry of Barrel-Aged Beer. It's an award-winning brewery turning out some stellar beers. Also, make sure to visit the episode page of the Snow Country Stories Japan website to see images of Shibu and listen on a little longer when I discuss my monkey tours, which I like to combine with a visit to the hot spring town. Anyone interested in staying overnight or longer in the area, and particularly anyone driving themselves to the monkey park, should also consider driving on past the park into the mountains that make up Japan's fourth largest national park, Joshinetsu Kogen. The monkey park is in the foothills of the national park, known for its highlands and mountains including Tanegawa, Naiba, Azumaya, and two of Honshu's most active volcanoes, Kusatsu Shirane and Asuma. It is these two volcanoes that feed the many onsen in and around the Monkey Park and the hot spring towns in the region. Nestled within the National Park, Shigakogen Highlands is a UNESCO Biosphere Reserve, recognised for the importance of its endemic wildlife, alpine flora and many ponds, swamps and high moors that support a huge range of biodiversity. The area roughly corresponds with that of Shigakogen Mountain Resort, Japan's largest and highest ski resort, that also sits within the wider national park, the lower ski fields of which are only a 20-minute drive from the Monkey Park or 25-minute drive from Shibu Onsen. Public transport will also get you from the Monkey Park and Shibu Onsen up to the national park and ski resort, with both express and local buses stopping at the Monkey Park before continuing up into the mountains. There is too much to cover with what's available in each of these attractions in this episode, and I'll likely return to Joshinetsukoga National Park and the Biosphere Reserve with a future episode. Links to their official pages are included on the episode page on the Snow Country Stories Japan website. Should you be interested in the ski resort, go back and listen to episode 13 of the podcast, Shigakogen, Japan's largest ski resort, which includes everything you need to know about it. Basically, there's plenty of reasons to turn your visit to the monkeys into an overnight or multi-day stay to explore the area. In terms of accommodation around the park, you have plenty to choose from. The nearest guest house to the park is the one we already mentioned, where the monkeys first started getting in the onsen, called a kukan. It's pretty rustic. Uh, that's the best description, and you'll need to carry your luggage along the trail. The monkeys are still very fond of the hot spring at Korokukan, so the big appeal of staying there is should the monkeys choose to get in at the same time as you, you can actually bathe with them. To be clear, that's the hot spring at Korokukan Guesthouse, not the hot spring in the park, which is only for the monkeys. Around the trailhead, you have guest houses in Kambayashi that range in price. There is nothing else open there at night, so if you choose to stay in Kambayashi Onsen, make sure to include dinner and breakfast with your accommodation. All guest houses have their own hot springs. Down the hill, you have Shibu Onsen, a 25 to 30 minute walk from the monkey park, and Yurunaka Onsen another 10 to 15 minutes walk. Buses and taxis run between each of them. Both Shibu and Yudanaka have lots of guest houses with a big range in quality and price. I prefer Shibu Onsen as it's much more quaint and it's really pleasant to stroll around at night when couples and families are going between the hot springs in their yukata, that's light kimono, and geta, wooden sandals, which you'll hear clip-clopping on the stone and brick alleyways. Most Shibu Onsen guest houses will shuttle you free of charge to and from Yudanaka Station, and worth noting that no matter where you choose to stay, most traditional hot spring guest houses charge per guest, 
with a base rate for just the room and then a higher rate for dinner and breakfast. Visitors staying in Shibu and Yurunaka can have dinner outside of their guest house. However, there isn't a huge range of restaurants, so be careful to plan your meal in advance or just go ahead and include the meals with your accommodation. Also, very few, if any, breakfast options, so definitely include breakfast. There's certainly no need to stay in the area, with most people visiting the park as a day trip from Nagano City. Nagano City has a large range of Western-style hotels around the station, from where express buses and trains run to the park and Yudanaka Station. All the usual online accommodation websites should have plenty of accommodation options around the park or Nagano City. In terms of getting to the park by public transport, it's easily done from Nagano Station. Express buses are operated by Nagaden from outside the east exit of the station, taking about 55 minutes to reach the monkey park. Services depart about once an hour in winter and are less frequent in spring, summer and autumn. Advanced bookings are not possible and tickets are bought from the driver on the bus in cash. At time of recording, it costs 1,800 yen per adult and 900 yen per child one way. Alternatively, the same company operates the rail line to Yudanaka Station, the nearest station to the park, with both limited express and local services operating fairly frequently throughout the day. Limited express services take around 50 minutes and cost 1,290 yen one way, while local services are notably longer at around 70 to 80 minutes and cost only slightly less at 1,190 yen. Basically, take the limited express service. Once at Yudanaka, local buses will take you onto the park in under 10 minutes and cost around 310 yen one way. Japan rail passes do not cover any of these services, making the Snow Monkey Pass a good option. Valid for two days, allowing you to stay near the park overnight should you wish to, and covering one entry to the park and unlimited use of trains and buses to and from the park, Nagano Station, Yudanaka Station over two days, the pass costs 3,600 yen per adult and 1,800 yen per child, saving you money and, importantly, hassle. They are available for sale at the Nagaden, or fully named Nagano Dentetsu ticket window, in the underground area of Nagano Station, accessible via the Zenkoji exit. For anyone driving themselves, there is ample and free parking at the park. If you're driving in winter, winter tyres or chains are a must. Based in Nagano, I provide guided tours to the Monkey Park all year round. It's a destination I'm very familiar with. I've been guiding there a long time and one that I like to combine with other destinations including Shibu Onsen. In spring, summer and autumn, I operate my Snow Monkeys and Shibu Onsen tour. That's a private guiding experience starting from Nagano Station. I've designed this private tour to give greater meaning and context to a visit to the park while offering guests more time to enjoy the charming enclave that surrounds it. Most visitors head to and from the park without exploring that surrounding area, and I see that as a mistake. As we've discussed, the area has a huge reserve of thermal water and is home to several very famous hot spring towns, and it is a great place to delve into Japan's onsen culture and even 
take the chance to try onsen for yourself, should you wish to. The tour includes an exploration of Shibu Onsen, followed by a walk along the forest road and alternate trail into the park. For my mind, the more enjoyable and beautiful way to enter the park, allowing plenty of time with the monkeys before we walk out along the main trail to Kambayashi Onsen to end our day with a coffee or beer or two at Shigakogen's tap room. The tour is well suited to anyone wanting to spend the day out of the city, walk a little more, or just have time to enjoy the monkeys without being pushed along a large group tour. The itinerary can be modified to suit your needs and interests, including pick-up or drop-off in Shiba Onsen for anyone choosing to stay there. Due to the snow in winter, I can't operate that exact itinerary, given the forest road and alternate trail may not be open, but I still guide to the monkeys with fully customised tours that enter and exit the park via Kambayashi. The park is very busy in winter, and when joining a group tour, you're almost certain to be one of many guests and required to follow a tight schedule, making the option of a private guided experience, I think, quite attractive. Full details of the tour are on the Snow Country Stories website. Should you be interested in a tour, don't hesitate to get in touch and inquire. It's one of my favourite destinations to guide. I'd love to be part of your experience. And I hope I've piqued your interest in visiting. That's it for today's episode. One that I hope left you with a few ideas of how to get the most out of your visit to the Jigokodani Snow Monkey Park. I'll sign off by again saying thanks to everyone who is listening. And if you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to, rate and review the podcast. And of course, sharing it with friends and family is also hugely appreciated. If you want to know more about the Monkey Park or want more information about any of the podcast episodes, make sure to visit the website snowcountrystories.com and check out the episode page and information about my tours and guiding services. You can also follow the pod, including my tours on Instagram, Facebook and X by searching Snow Country Stories Japan. Follows, likes and shares of these accounts are also a big help. I'll be back with the next episode in a couple of weeks' time. Until then, it's bye for now.